Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Ego Chop Podcast. My name is Preston Byers, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Minkowski. And on today's episode, we're talking more Call of Duty League action, including possibly the return of the defending world champion New York Subliners. Uh, might be talking about the death of the Miami Heretics um, and the downfall of of our Vamos boys. Um, but before we get to any of that, how are you doing, Bink? Doing all right. Uh, spring training is officially underway in the MLB, so that just means we're that much closer to baseball season, which is obviously the best time of year. Um, but more importantly for our listeners, uh, we just had another week of online matches, and uh, feels like it's going to be a while till we get to a land because uh, there's more be. qualifiers this time <laughs> around. But uh, yeah, we just we got to deal with the schedule as it's put in front of us, just like I always say about the teams and playing the teams in front of them. So. Uh, we're here to talk about the few games we saw this past weekend. Yep, we have uh, quite a bit of qualifier weeks. We have five in this set, um, but we are now through uh, two of them, so um, we're almost halfway there. Um, let's let's just hop right into it because um, we started off with an interesting matchup with New York and Boston. Um, New York did not look like themselves at the major, of course. Um, and that's been the biggest talking point for them this season. Uh, Boston has been uh, obviously kind of a, a lower tier team uh, so far earlier in the season, but they did make a roster change with Asim coming to the lineup um, for Capsidal. Um, but this matchup between the subliners and the breach definitely did not go in the way of uh, of Boston. A 3-0 win for the subliners, um, uh, you know, a very dominant win for the team to to kind of get back on the horse, so to speak. Um, of course, they did have a, a pretty good week last week, but they struggled with Carolina in that one matchup last week. And then Seattle um, is kind of a different story. We, we don't really know what to expect of them. So what do you make of the subliners 3-0 win um, to start off week two over Boston? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, pretty dominant performance in terms of 3-0 the the closest map is the hard point really which was 250 to uh, 177 it was a 6-3 in a search and the 3-0 in the control so a uh, pretty strong performance out of new york and uh honestly probably the uh most noteworthy thing to come out of the series was the clip that was shared uh yesterday or earlier this weekend of uh Apparently the CDL ref running some water or doing some dishes been map and ate him having to tell him to uh, shut the hell up and, and mute his mic. Well, who doesn't do dishes during the CDL CDL mm -hmm. matches? Um, I mean, that, that's classic CDL. Uh, just not a lot of quality control. It seems like going on over there, but um, that, that was a great moment. Um, hopefully we get a few more of those, uh, uh, I don't necessarily need more dishes, but maybe the refs just doing different things. We can make a compilation by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, New York wins 3-0. Um, you know, like I said, with them kind of struggling against Carolina um, and Carolina not being considered one of the best teams by any means this year, um, that, that matchup last week had me a little concerned for Boston um, uh, for the matchup against Boston, because I do think ASIM is an upgrade over, over capsule and that the team on in theory should be better. But um, New York, I think when they're playing at their best, I mean, they might be able to beat 
you know, Toronto and phase on a consistent basis. Obviously we will get there a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, next matchup was, it's always kind of a banger with, with these two teams, but the Minnesota rocker versus optic, Texas, uh, two teams that, you know, don't really, you, you wouldn't expect it, um, because there isn't any kind of like big, like heated rivalry, but accuracy has pulled off some amazing clutches in the past, um, against optic, um, it was not meant to be here, um, although Minnesota did make it a series. Um, they started off uh, winning the first two maps, and then they were reverse swept by Optic. Um, any thoughts on this? Obviously, if you look at the stats, it's kind of like, how did Optic win? This is kind of a reverse Optic, usually where you know we see their, their maps, and they are all plus KD. They're always... Um, jumping off the page statistically, but not in this this match. Uh, Minnesota had all plus KDs and still lost this series. Um, so any any lasting uh, thoughts or memories from this series? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember exactly how we worded it last time at the end of uh, the episode last week when we were doing predictions, but I'm pretty sure we both were on the same page. Like, we were taking Optic, but, you know, we've seen the script before of accuracy versus Optic, and uh, we're kind of thinking that, you know, it might be possible for an upset to happen here. And I remember stink- distinctly when I was watching these matches uh, on-, on Friday thinking when Minnesota went up 2-0, like, oh, well, we're both getting this pick wrong because Minnesota's going to close it out. And then especially towards the end of the control, um, it was Karachi control and uh, Minnesota were on defense in the overtime. Uh, it, it looked like they were going to be able to close it out with a 3-0 win, and Optic wins a 3v14. Now, it didn't go down to kills, but Optic was able to, you know, essentially kill a wave of Minnesota and then hop on the, the point in the diner there in Karachi and uh, get the final capture. So it was a 3v14 situation. They didn't, you know, get all 14 kills. But um, regardless, that was clearly a defining moment in the series because if they don't get that, they lose 3-0. Instead, they win that control, go on, win the next two maps, and complete the reverse sweep. So um, pretty pretty impressive performance out of Optic to be resilient like that, able to you know stay calm when uh, the pressure's on in a match like that, although it's just an online qualifier, but uh, still important to get those points where you can, important to get those wins. So uh, big win for Optic, and it's definitely one uh, to look back on potentially if the, you know they start heating up now that uh, could be a catalyst because if it, it like I said it went the other way and Minnesota wins 3-0 who knows how Optic responds after that yeah um, two teams that really need wins need points this season Miami Heretics and the Las Vegas Legion uh, two teams uh, kind of floating in that bottom four that nobody wants to be in um, you don't you don't get the champs at the end of the season if you're there. Um, both of these teams really need to kind of pick it up and gain some momentum. I mean, it looked like it was going to be Miami. Obviously, they had the gauntlet last week with Toronto and FaZe. Um, that's a horrible first week schedule. Uh, but they started out uh, this series against Vegas on Friday with a, a pretty dominant, um, decisive hard point win, then a round 11 search and destroy win to go up 2 0 in the series. But they lose invasion control. They get blown out at, on Rio Hardpoint and they lose invasion search. Reverse swept uh, to drop to 0 3 on the season at that point. 
any thoughts on this? Um, the, the thing that jumped out to me was Rio again, because we talked about it last week that Miami had played, I believe, three Rio maps in the first week and lost all three. They played Rio Hardpoint in map four. That was by far their worst loss of the series. Um, so 0-4 at this point. So any uh, any impression that you got from Miami or Vegas after this match? Yeah, I mean, the the big thing, like you were saying, especially after last week where, uh, you know, they make the roster change and they have to play two really tough opponents. You're kind of like, okay, that is what it is. Now, now we have a very beatable team in Vegas put in front of us. Let's see what this Miami team is capable of. And, you know, it looked like they were going to be able to, you know, take a 3-0 win potentially or, you know, going up 2-0 regardless is uh, impressive, especially based on what we saw from uh, Miami in the previous week. But Vegas, who seemingly have been reverse sweeped more than reverse swept more than uh, any other team this season almost, uh, they're able to pull one out of their own. Uh, really, Nero was a huge part of that, went massive in that map, 331 and 14. Uh, Geo, I would have to look at all the maps since he's entered the team, but it was probably his best map in map 4, 32 and 16. Uh, and then they close out the reverse sweep uh, with a 6-3 in the search. So, uh, yeah, Nero had a uh, 1.4 KD overall in the series. Uh, Geo was a 1.17, attached with a 1.1, and everybody else was negative. The highest on uh, Miami was a 0.99 from medals at 79 and 80. So, um, still questions around Miami now. I mean, it, it's tough for... Uh, us to really gauge what this team is capable of. Can't really even judge the the roster move just because you know they they haven't gotten the results. But um, I guess you know glass half full look here is they they at least took two maps. Obviously, you get a two lead. You want to close things out and secure those CDL points. But um, that's more maps than they won last week against two tougher teams. Obviously, difference in opponent and and all that stuff. But yeah, end of the day. Uh, Shout out Vegas for pulling off a reverse sweep when they've been the one getting reverse swept a lot this season and uh, back to the drawing board for Miami. Yeah, I, I think the LAT, or uh, excuse me, I'm looking at the, the match after this, but um, I think Vegas have been reverse swept three or four times um, at the time that they made their roster change bringing in Geo, which, and it wasn't like, you know, they're getting reverse swept by FaZe and Toronto. Like, they're... I think they got reverse swept for the first time by Carolina, um, who hadn't won. So, you know, obviously they're, you know, they they were struggling. They look a little bit better, but we also don't really know what Miami is capable of um, or what they're not capable of at this point with this this new lineup. Um, I'll I'll talk more about Miami when we get to their their second match of the weekend. Um, but yeah, definitely an impressive win for Vegas. Um, and a you know great map four by Geo like you mentioned. Uh, Saturday, February twenty fourth, we had three matches that day. Um, Vegas, um, as much praise as we might want to give them, they are not on the level of the Toronto Ultra, obviously. Um, and the Ultra proved that with a three one win to kick off the Saturday's matches. Um. I mean, not a big surprise there whatsoever. Um, you know, granted, there was a there was a map win for the Legion, which is definitely 
uh, signs of improvement or something, you know, a moral victory, so to speak. And it was a very dominant search and destroy win. So there, there is something for that. Um, and, you know, and these maps were very close in general, um, but in terms of the actual victory that goes to Toronto. But how impressed were you by Vegas that um, this was a very winnable series in that they played all of these maps pretty close? Yeah, I mean, it, it's strange looking at it from a numbers perspective, but uh, this is another series for Vegas where statistically Nero and Geo were playing very well. Uh, Scrap obviously had a good statistical series for Toronto. Um, but, I mean, if you told me going into this, Vegas was going to win a search 6-0 against Toronto, I probably would have laughed in your face. Uh, if you also told me that both hard points were going to be 250 to 240-ish in that range. What was it? It was 250-232 for Rio and 250-247 in map four. And the map four was definitely a winnable one for, uh, or sorry, for Vegas as well. It was a a pretty wild ending there where Toronto clutched up and and closed things out. But yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people were obviously expecting Toronto to win this, I would assume. And uh, Vegas kind of showed up and uh, had a, a definitely stronger performance than I expected and probably a lot of others expected as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not expecting, uh, you know, to, for a, a team to take a map off of Toronto, it's not like the most surprising thing, but to do it so dominantly, um, you know, 6-0 is just kind of a ridiculous, um, you know, it, it doesn't happen very much regardless. And, and for it to happen with one of the you know the best team and then one of the worst teams um, at least in terms of standings um, that does jump off the page a little bit um, next match we had lag versus optic um, not a big surprise in terms of the the victor here either we had optic winning 3-1 um, you know dashi uh, played uh, very well in this series uh, at least statistically um, but you know it's it's interesting that Optic lost the opening hard point. It's kind of surprising to see them lose, uh, you know, respawns in general a lot of times. Um, and it was not a very close hard point at that. So um, any cause for concern or do you think that's just kind of a, you know, something that happened, not a big deal? The only thing I can think of, is, it was definitely something at the time that I was thinking about, like, during that match. You know, this is two series in a row where, you know, obviously against Minnesota, they were down 2-0. This is only 1-0. But um, different maps, too. It was it was a real hard point for Minnesota, that one map won against Optic. And this is a Karachi. Uh, the only thing I can think if it was the same map, I would probably have a stronger case here. But, um Due to you know seedings and stuff and how the vetoes work, Optic is probably choosing to be Team B in the veto process and giving their opponent the map one pick and then they get the later picks. Um, could just be speculating there, but um, that could be one potential explanation. Uh, definitely something to monitor now uh, for Optic's future matches to see if they continue to have these slow starts or if they start to turn things around in that regard. But yeah, you know, you, you see that first map, LAG, kind of a blowout in the map one, and you're like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, but Optic turned up after that, took care of business, and uh, had a strong 2-0 week. Yep. Uh, you know, I think Optic fans probably going to be a little annoyed at, at times about, um, you know, dropping a map that they shouldn't. But ultimately, if you win the series, I think, you know, there's really not that 
uh, much cause for concern. Um, it's not like they are the most dominant hard point team in general this season. I mean, that they're winning searches is, I think, a promising sign no matter the opponent. Um, last match of Saturday um, is one of the more interesting ones because it gives you kind of an idea of where these teams are in relation to each other. Because beginning of the season, I think it was pretty obvious that Miami was viewed as the superior team. They were looked at, you know, they were one of the best teams in the stage one qualifiers. Um, but obviously things have changed very drastically since then uh, with their major one performance and now starting 0-4 in the major two qualifiers with a 3-2 loss to LAT. Um, I'm really not sure what to make of this loss. Um, you know, they did lose the first two maps and then forced a game five and then forced a round 11 uh, on terminal search. But still to lose to LAT, um, who I think we both agree, like are not not a very good team. Maybe this new roster is different, so we, we might have to take a little more time to, to look at it. But I'm not confident that LAT is much better than a bottom four team. I mean, for Miami to lose this series to them, uh, that's a really, really bad sign. This should have been a week where they went 2-0, uh, or at least 1-1. One and one. And to go 0-2 against LAT and to go uh, and Vegas, that's, that's almost unacceptable. And I feel like it almost guarantees that they will be starting in the loser's bracket uh, at Major 2, which essentially is a snowball effect because that's not giving you great opportunities to get points and to move up the, the standings or, in their case, to avoid moving down the standings. So uh, any thoughts here? 3-2 win for the Thieves. Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, shout out to the Thieves winning a hard point. It, uh, you know, seemed like something that might not happen all year at an earlier point in the season. But uh, all jokes aside, yeah, they, they came out and uh, started hot in this series. And then, you know, on the flip side of what happened in Miami's previous series against Vegas, looked like they had the potential for a uh, reverse sweep. But uh, LAT clutches up in the, the game five round 11. So... Um, pretty close series map wise outside of a 6 2 in the map 2. It was 250, 215 map 1, uh, 3 2 in the control, which you know we see a lot of. Uh, 250, 223 in the second hardpoint invasion, and then a 6 5 in the game 5. So uh, outside of that map 2, pretty close all the maps around. And yeah, I, I just think this is, uh, you know, obviously being 0 4 when you've played four maps is worst case scenario. Um, the only way it could be worse is if, you know, Miami had gotten swept and didn't pick up four map counts. So that could be the saving grace um, for them for any potential tiebreaker scenarios. But they still basically have to go 3-0 and for the rest of these qualifiers, assuming they only play seven again. Um, would have to go 3-0, and get 3-4 and record-wise, and then have, like, some tiebreakers advantages due to, like, you know, winning the four maps this week despite going 0-2. But yeah, I don't I don't really know what to make of the situation. Like you said, it Miami was looking strong in the online matches early on. Um and again, you know, they had a tough week last week against two strong teams. Uh, but this week they played two teams that are not nearly as strong as those teams they played in the previous week and they still ended up losing. Um, so we'll have to see if there's any 
uh, further changes or, um, you know, anything behind the scenes that we learn about what's going on there. We do know they they signed Rayal as a sub. Um, so is it possible he gets a shot now if they decide to make another change? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what the answer is for Miami. And uh, just looking ahead next week, it certainly doesn't get easier for them. So uh, we'll have to see how they respond. But obviously, uh, LAT, you know, they could have been very easily in this conversation. On the other hand, if they had been up 2-0 in this series and then let a, you know let Miami reverse sweep them, we could be talking um, about how it was a bad loss for LAT. So it was a good thing they were able to uh, close that out. You know, get a, get a get a win on the board with the new squad. Uh, Ghosty in particular had a strong series, 95 and 83 for a 1.14, which was tied with Lucky for uh, the highest KD. Even though Ghosty had a few more kills, but uh, yeah, overall, um, I think kind of like you said, it's 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 two teams in the lower half of uh, any power rankings right now. But you know, one potentially is is creeping up a little bit where Miami is kind of just on uh, crashing through the tiers, as you know you might say. So, um, still want to see more from both squads, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think with Miami, what's so concerning is that. Other than that optic win in the the last week of the qualifiers, which was a shocker, they have uh, four wins other than that this season. First against Carolina, then against Vegas, then against Minnesota, when Minnesota was still winless, and then against LAG to close out the qualifiers. And this, you know, beat, you know, having LAT, having Vegas on your schedule that's kind of the same vibe of you know if you're gonna lose almost all of the matches to kind of like mid to high tier competition then you have to beat these these bottom feeders for lack of a better term the teams that are have been stuck at the bottom of the standings you have to beat those teams and, and of course these were not like blowouts it's not like they were getting swept but you can't lose both of these series essentially um, and it, you know, it's, it's pretty much going to seal their fate in terms of um, the major two uh, brackets. So um, that's unfortunate for them. Uh, as far as Real goes, because you mentioned him, you know, his signing, um, that felt like, you know, it th that felt like when a, an NFL team signs like a veteran quarterback and it's like, oh, he's just a backup. And it's like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm sure. Like when, when a rookie is struggling and the veteran gets signed off of waivers or something, I'm sure that has no no bearing on what's about to happen. Um, and, and that's what it feels like. It feels like once Real is able to play, unless Miami is like in the uh, the middle of like a winning streak, that he's coming into the roster like almost immediately. So that that's something that the heretics are probably preparing for as we speak. Um, but you know, we have absolutely no idea when, or even if that's going to happen. Um, but let's move on to Sunday matches. Uh, we had three matches on Sunday, starting off with Seattle versus Carolina. So Seattle has been probably the most interesting team to watch, uh, in these qualifiers. Um, granted we haven't been able to see very much of them so far, but, of course, with this Illy situation, him not being in the li lineup, um, it's kind of hard to to know what this team is going to be and how they're going to look. Um, and the answer so far has been not good. 
they are now 0-2 for the Major 2 qualifiers. They did win a Search and Destroy, which is a positive sign, um, something that I've been particularly worried about. But they still lost to Carolina. Um, the respawns were not close, and that is pretty worrying. Um, it, it makes me think that this team is kind of in that the boat, uh, the same boat as Miami, that they might be plummeting down power rankings or the standings uh, if they're not able to turn it around like very soon. Um, granted, they've only played two matches where Miami has played four in these qualifiers, so there is a bit of a difference there. Um, but do you have the same vibe with Seattle that they could be in quite a bit of trouble? Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that stood out to me here definitely was the search and destroy win. Um, you know, the, that was kind of a talking point for us for this team without Illy. Um, so that's one positive you can take away. But yeah, the, the respawns weren't close in this one. And it's not like this was against Toronto, right? Like, the, this is against Carolina, which is one of the newer teams. Even though it's not, like, the newest team, they still uh, were mid-qualifier roster change last time around. So, um, and <laughs> play devil's advocate there, too. I, I feel like I'm always talking about Carolina's searches and how they, they, you know, might be able to turn the corner there with the search knowledge and veterancy they have on that squad. But... Uh, they dropped one here, so I'm still going to be keeping my eye on Carolina's search. But, uh, yeah, definitely a convincing victory out of Carolina, especially in those respawns. And uh, probably my uh, favorite interaction again for this series in particular was a uh, tweet from earlier today where a fellow shared that he got a text from his grandma asking what stair glitching meant. <laughs> um, and a fellow told her... It, it's when you lay down on the staircase, they can see you, but you can't see them. It's not allowed, but one of the kids we played yesterday used it and still lost. And Grandma Fellow goes, thanks, I had no idea how to take it. Glad it didn't go well for him. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. And uh, Arcides responds, just simply, dude. Which makes me <laughs> think that it was possibly Arcides who was the one <laughs> stair glitching. And, uh... May have caught a stray there from Grandma Fellow. So so that was a pretty good uh, interaction on the timeline. Uh, shout out head Eagle Child correspondent Tremmy for sharing with that with me earlier today. And uh, I definitely got a good chuckle out of that one. Yeah, um, that's that's amazing. Uh, we need more grandmas in Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> I, I just looked it up. Seattle 4-13 and 13 this season in search. Um, I don't have the time to break it down what? by... Uh, not Seattle, Carolina. Oh. <laughs> got, got Seattle on the brain. Carolina is 4-13 and 13 in search. That's probably like the opposite for Seattle because they're yeah. horrible in hard point and control. So that's the only way they win matches is through search. Um, but Carolina, I'm not sure what uh, the breakdown is with TJ and now Fellow in the lineup of, you know, how many matches or how many uh, search maps they've won. Um, I'm going to guess not that many because it seems like we're talking about them losing a search map uh, more often than not. But, um, you know, I think, I think Clayster said it uh, right. Um, that that's kind of like the last thing that comes is the, the search stuff. Um, especially if you're replacing half of your roster um, from the preseason team, that, that makes it kind of a, a difficult, um, like a difficult task, even though there is obviously some familiarity with, you know, especially Clayster having just teamed with TJ last year and teaming with fellow previously. So um, maybe that'll help, but 
again, that's that's kind of a work in progress. And Seattle, if Brezzi is able to kind of fit in with that team, their search is some of the best in the CDL. So that it might not be that big of a deal that they lost the surge in search, uh, but we'll, so we'll see. So not counting the major, just at, in the major two qualifiers, uh, Carolina would have went two and one last week in search because they won map two against New York, then the reverse swept New York reverse swept them. Uh, and then in their series against Boston, it was the opposite of this series where they only won the search and lost all three hard points or all three respawns to uh, Boston. So mm-hmm. then, so we have a series where Carolina wins a search, gets reverse swept, wins a search, loses all the respawns, and then loses the search, wins all the respawns. So. Who knows what's really going on there, man. but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on for me, for sure. Yeah, another interesting stat is that Carolina is, uh, like I said, 4-13 and 13 in search this season. Three of the four map wins have been on Invasion. They're 3-0 and 0 on Invasion, so they're 1-13 on every other map in the and pool. I, and I know for a fact that one of the Invasion wins would have been in the reverse sweep against Vegas because that's, I'm pretty sure Gwyn had the round 11 ace yeah. and that's what Clay had like the ninja defuse. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the one against Vegas uh, in the first set of qualifiers. Yeah. So they're they're 0-2 on High Rise, 3-0 on Invasion, 0-3 on Karachi, 0-3 on Skid Row, which I don't think matters anymore, and then 1-5 on Terminal. So like it's it hasn't been good. And if they're Mikey. able to to move any closer to 500, that's a massive improvement. You know, it's the same thing with Seattle. Like, if they're able to consistently win one respawn, that is a huge deal for them. That can yeah. essentially keep them in the middle and uh, uh, avoid kind of sliding down the standings, which is, you know, pretty much the the best thing that they can ask for at this uh, at the moment. Um, next match: Minnesota versus Boston. This was an interesting matchup because Minnesota, they obviously lost the first series of the week to Optic. Um, Not too big of a surprise that they lost, uh, but Boston is, you know, not Optic, obviously, and they were still not able to win this series. Um, They were up 2-1. They won Invasion Search and Invasion Control and then lost a very, very tight sub-base hard point, and then got blown out in search on Karachi to finish this series. Um, now 0-3 to start the Major 2 qualifiers after what they finished fourth at Major 1, um, where yep. they pretty much rocketed up the standings because of that after starting. I mean, granted, they were whatever, I think 0-3, 0-4 to start the Major That's 1 qualifiers. <laughs> so... Do you think that's in the cards for Minnesota now, or is this kind of regressing back to where we thought they might be before Major 1? I mean, maybe at this point, you can't even really say are they a land team or an online team because <laughs> they had that turnaround last time yeah. where they started slow in the qualifiers and then kind of picked it up and definitely played better on land, so maybe they are just better on land. But uh, no, I'm I'm pretty sure it was 3 for them heading into the holiday break, and then they flipped the switch after that. So. Maybe it's just another slow start. I don't know, but that that's definitely something uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on for Minnesota. Um, again, kind of, you know, silver lining, more optimistic look. They're they're not getting blown out, right? Like, they, they yeah. had the chance to be optic, and 
weren't able to close that out. And then again here, they, they win two maps. So it, when you have an 0-2 week, but you win four maps, that's literally the best 0-2 week you can have statistically. So could be worse. Uh, you know, that's obviously not what any Rocker fan wants to hear. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what's next for this squad because they have definitely been a very hard team to get a read of. Um, on the flip side, though, with Boston, um, they win both hard points in this series. And I know they won them against Carolina because I was just saying how they only lost the search there. And they got swept um, by New York. So, and they got swept by New York. Okay, so that's what I was trying to find. So, yeah, so that would be four and one, four and one in hard point. Um, who won? The, Minnesota won the control, so one and two and control and then search they're one and one here one and two one and three and search so they're a hard point team really that's like yeah i guess um definitely you know still early days for this squad um it's also fun to point out it's asim beating another team that he was formerly a member of so um that never seems to go well for asim's teams in particular because then the org always tweets out hey you dropped this or whatever and it's funny but um yeah, I mean, strong win for Boston here that, um, you know, has us questioning where Minnesota really is, and we'll we'll have to see how both of the teams respond heading into next week. Minnesota will, like, so they play LAT at the very end of next week in, in addition to playing Atlanta um, next week. So, like, the LAT match is the one that I'm more interested in for them because if they lose that, then it's like, you know, DEFCON, like we're, we're, we're panicking a little bit. Um, but Minnesota, like you were mentioning, they had a chance to be optic. They lost three, two to optic. They had a chance to beat Boston, lost three, two to Boston. First week of the qualifiers lost three, two to Toronto. So they've lost in game five to the best team, Toronto to optic. Who's top three, top four. And then Boston who, I, you know, We'll see. We'll see what they end up being. They're more of an unknown. Um, but still, to to go to game five and to lose each of them, you would hope that eventually it'll kind of, you know, even out where you start winning a few of them. A few in a row will definitely help. Um, but to start off the week against Atlanta this coming week, that sucks because there's a good chance they will be starting 0-4 to start these qualifiers. But then, you know, things lighten up toward the end their their final three matches uh are against some of the the worst teams in the league at at the current moment so we'll, we'll see what they're kind of made of at that point um next up we have atlanta versus new york the the week finale uh obviously this is an incredible matchup whenever we can get it um these you know new york defending world champion atlanta you know obviously former world champions, um, two of the most, if not the most talented rosters uh, in the CDL. Um, and, you know, it's obviously big to see New York just because we're not entirely sure what, what to make of them after Major 1, uh, but this was a big step in the right direction. Uh, they end up winning the Series 3-2, uh, Search and Destroy. Uh, the, um, obviously, the the second, or excuse me, map two, the first search and destroy, that really jumped off uh, the page to to win 6-0 against FaZe and search. That's huge. 
um, any impressions off of this win because these two teams are the some of the best. Um, this is maybe a future grand finals of a major this season. So um, any thoughts of New York's 3-2 win over FaZe? Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely the, the thing that jumps out is not only was there a 6-0 for New York in the search, but, you know, you beat Atlanta in, in two searches. That That's pretty impressive. So um, now a team like New York is sitting at 4-0 in the major two qualifiers after struggling uh, at major one, kind of putting themselves in the best case scenario so far, at least in terms of responding and bouncing back from that lackluster performance in Boston. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of the series overall, but it definitely is interesting that New York won uh, two searches. That's just something, you know, obviously this is a new roster with Draza this year, but it's just something historically with uh, the trio of Celium, Abusey, and Simp that you could probably count on one time, one hand how many times it's happened. Uh, just a guess, but... Um, I, I I can't think of too many times off the top of my head where they lost two searches in the series, unless it was maybe like a, a best of seven or something in the finals. But um, regardless, yeah, I, I think we're going to have to see how uh, Atlanta is able to, I, I feel like I'm saying bouncing back a lot, but, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see what's next for them. And obviously you kind of highlighted that already. They're playing Minnesota. There's a team... But seemingly, despite you know winning a couple winning winning four maps, they still went zero and two this last week. Uh, so it's not the easiest matchup, but you know still a, a match you expect Atlanta to win. So if they lose that one, uh, we might have to start more critically looking at what's going on with Atlanta. But uh, other than that, yeah, just a really strong performance from New York. And really, you know, sitting at four and zero, there's nothing to scoff at, and really sets them up nicely for. Um, being in the winner's bracket at the minimum of uh, major two. And uh, when, when you're 4-0, you, you kind of have that opportunity to set your sights even higher on potentially locking up the number one seed or, you know, uh, definitely like a top two, top three seed. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, exciting time for Subliners fans, especially in comparison to major one. And uh, we'll... we'll continue to see more out of these squads over the next couple of weeks before we had to land action again. Yeah. So I, I was just looking up the, the map stats for both of these teams because the search jumped off the page that they literally two Oh in, in search against Atlanta is kind of a big deal, but coming into the series, Atlanta was 13 and four in search and New York was 12 and four in search. That's just like to dominate in that game mode it feels like a really big deal especially since the weakest point for phase this season has been hard point um i'm trying to look up what their map stats were so they were five seven nine ten so they were 12 and nine i think heading in to this series in hard point so they're you know obviously above 500 but that's you're not great uh for hard point um and for them to win the opening hard point of the series and still lose, that feels like a big deal. Um, of course, if Atlanta wins the rest of their qualifiers, as they are known to do because they are the most consistent team in CDL history, at least in terms of qualifiers, um, maybe this match won't seem like anything until the next time they play, and then we can, can kind of refer back to this and like, oh, this is what the subliners did last time. But um, it feels like a big deal that FaZe lost this 
despite winning that hard point. So, um, but, but we'll see, I guess. Uh, FaZe still has, I think, you know, like five more qualifiers to go um, in this in this round. So uh, we'll definitely get quite a bit of, of time and matches to look back on. Um, the standings now, uh, right now for the Pick'em, um, so you are 51 and 26, not the best week for you. Obviously, we both got that phase subliners game wrong. Um, we both picked phase in that. Um, and then just trusting Miami was was your downfall. 0-2 um, with them, and then you picked a Minnesota over Boston um, in a really tight series. Um, I picked uh, Miami as well against LAT and then the phase game. So I went 7-2. and two, You went 5-4. and four. Um, I'm 54, 23. You're 51 and 26. Tremor still down at 0 and 1. Maybe one of these days he'll get a win. Um, but the standings in terms of the CDL now for the full season, um, and then I think after next week we can start looking at um, the stage two or major two qualifier standings, kind of get an idea of where these teams uh, are in relation to each other because Phase has only played two map or two matches. Uh, Seattle's only played two matches, so they still have the bulk of their schedule remaining. Um, but in terms of season standings, I'll try to pull this up real quick on the stream so people can see it. Uh, first place, Toronto, no surprise there, uh, at 190 points. Phase is in second with 155. Optic in third at 130. New York in fourth at 100. So the top four that we thought would be the top four that is the top four right now. Uh, granted, the 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 order is a little weird at the moment because I did not expect the New York Subliners to be in fourth, uh, but there they are. Um, the Minnesota Rocker, despite starting off winless to the uh, major two qualifiers, they are still in fifth place with 75 points. Then Seattle, despite also being winless so far in the qualifiers, are in sixth place with 60 points. There's a tie for seventh of uh, Miami and LAG. And then five points down is Vegas with 45 points. Five points down from that, Boston in 10th. Five points down, Carolina in 11th. And five points down, the Los Angeles Thieves with 30 CDL points. Um, so obviously there is that top four. That's kind of, I think, going to stay that way for quite a while. Uh, if not the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if those those four just kind of maneuver between each other. Um, any anything jump out to you in terms of the standings? Anything that is surprising to you now that we are essentially you know two months, two plus months into the CDL season? No, I mean, like you said, it was kind of like we we didn't have a particular order for the top four, but that's kind of what we had going into the season, and obviously. Uh, Minnesota and even earlier Miami and Seattle were kind of shaking things up there, but mm -hmm. um, at least for now it's it's kind of back to what we had in mind there. Obviously, Miami and Seattle both stick out in terms of being at 15, 60 points, which they seemingly were at. Um, I guess I guess Seattle had a better performance at the major, so not quite the same. But you know, both those teams were probably just slightly a little higher in the standings at different yeah. points this season. Um, and now more moving back to the middle of the pack or the bottom of that, you know, the, the champs danger range, we, we'll say. Um, but that bottom is really close because, I mean, lately, you know, even LAT at 30 points is only 30 behind Seattle and sixth. So yeah. seems like that's something that's always going on. 
Um, and with more matches this year and uh, in the qualifiers and more points being distributed for placement on land, it's possible as we get later into the season, unless the same teams are consistently struggling at the lands, it's, it's possible that we see uh, more of a separation there, especially towards the bottom. But yeah, other than that, nothing uh, crazy jumping out to me. Maybe Boston down towards the bottom there is a little surprising, but obviously uh, a couple wins in these qualifiers after making some change or a roster change to bring Asim in uh, could be having them headed in the right direction. But yeah, other than that, nothing uh, super unexpected, I would say. Touching on that point about there being more points distributed on land, I think that's really interesting, and it, I, I'll have to keep an eye on it as we keep going through this season. But really, the reason that Minnesota is in fifth is because they got fourth place at the the land that that jumped them over pretty much all of these other teams. Granted, they did finish out the major one qualifier strong, but that fourth place has carried them quite a bit into these standings. And if one of those top four teams, like, you know, of course, if Toronto, Atlanta, Optic, and New York, if they're all in the top four of the major placings, then this won't be an issue. But if we have another instance of one of those teams getting upset early in the tournament, or maybe they play each other, you know, one of these, uh, two of these teams play each other, uh, and then maybe they play each other again, like earlier in the losers bracket, on one of those bottom eight teams is going to benefit from that. One of them is going to place in the top four and really benefit from all of the major uh, placing points that come along with it, which could go a really long way. You know, if S Seattle or LAG, if they win like two, two matches and get to like top four, top six, that, that could be really big um, and could play a big role in, how these teams end up qualifying for champs or where they're seeded and all that stuff. So um, I'm really interested in that aspect of it. Um, so let's talk about the matches for the upcoming week. Um, another kind of short, you know, because there are more weeks to fill, uh, there aren't as many matches per week. Um, so, you know, it's it kind of sucks a little bit, but uh, we have only have two matches on uh, Friday, March 1st. And then uh, we have three on Saturday and three on Sunday. Starting with Friday, we got Minnesota versus Atlanta. We mentioned this match already. I'm going to go with FaZe. Uh, I'm sure you are as well. Uh, but Minnesota definitely has something to prove, something to play for. Um, they do not want to start, I believe, 0-4 to start these qualifiers, which, I mean, may, it, maybe it wouldn't guarantee them a loser's bracket spot, but it feels like it might. Um but uh, I'm assuming that you're going to go with FaZe as well. I am, but I'm just, you know, kind of like I said earlier, it's, it's definitely one to watch. And if, if Minnesota is able to pull off an upset here, um, we might be having a different tone about uh, Atlanta next week. So uh, uh, more attentive, I'll say. I'll be heading into this one, but I will definitely take Atlanta. Uh, next match, Seattle versus Toronto. Until Seattle can prove that they can win a respawn consistently, I'm not going to pick them, so I'm going to go with the Ultra. Yeah, I'm going with Toronto as well. Saturday, March 2nd, three matches starting with Vegas versus Boston. A pretty interesting series because we just saw Vegas and Boston have uh, strong weeks. Um, I'll go with Vegas. Maybe they can keep this rolling, but I'm not feeling super confident either way here. I'm going to go with Boston. Um, I just think, you know... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see how 
this shakes out, but I think Boston's been looking strong in the hard points. Um, that Vegas 6-0 in the search against Toronto, though, kind of has me leaning towards them in the search. But um, if Boston can get it done in three in the respawns, maybe that's their path to victory. But, uh, yeah, I, I could easily see this one going to a game five, but I'll take Boston. Carolina versus Optic. Going to go with Optic. Um, the, Ra- the Ravens, they just don't instill a lot of confidence uh, right now. Maybe if this was... You know, Carolina versus Seattle or Carolina versus Miami, uh, I would pick them, but not against Optic. Yep, I'm going to go with Optic too. Seattle versus LAG, I just said I wouldn't pick Seattle if <laughs> they they can't win a respawn. I'm going to stick with that, even though LAG also does not inspire a ton of confidence. Uh, I thought for sure you were going to go with Seattle, so that's what I was thinking, LAG, because I really don't want to pick either of these teams. Um, but I'll I'll just stick with LAG. Um, kind of similar mindset to uh, uh, the Boston Minnesota one. Like Seattle might take the search here, but if LAG can take care of business and the the respawns, it could just be a three one for the Gorillas. I just wanted to look up real quick to see what the Gorillas have been doing. You know how they've been doing um, in the game modes. Um, I mean, not great across the board. Yeah. So I'm not. I, there's no like there's nothing that jumps out to me but considering they're not like lat bad and hard point that gives me a little more confidence that they'll be able to kind of win through the respawns um I, I don't know i i just don't have any confidence in seattle if illy's not in the lineup um so i'm gonna go with the gorillas um sunday march 3rd miami versus new york there's absolutely no way that either one of us will be picking the heretics for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with New York very confidently. So Miami uh, very likely going to start 0-5 in the qualifiers. Um, That will almost assuredly put them in the loser's bracket. Um, I'm just looking ahead. They play Carolina uh, the, the following week, and then they play Minnesota in their last match. I mean, there's a decent chance that they go 0-7. Um, you know, granted, Carolina, Minnesota, not world beaters by any means. But Minnesota has been playing everybody tough. Carolina, the, what they have going for them is that they don't look as bad as Miami do right now. So, um, you know, pretty decent chance that the Heretics will be 0-7 after having a really good uh, major one qualifier run. Um, next match, Atlanta versus Toronto. I mean, we we both have to go with Toronto, right? Because I I just saw Faze lose, which always worries me. It kind of feels like, you know, like an, an apocalypse event or something, like it, like acid rain or you know fires just starting around the world. It, it feels like something kind of the the tide has shifted, and that Toronto is now the big dog that we all have to pick um, every single week, regardless. Um, and so I'm gonna go with the ultra pretty much until. They prove that I shouldn't pick them. Yeah, you can uh, probably count on uh, a single hand how many times I've picked against FaZe in the history of the Eagle Child podcast, but uh, we're going to have to add one in this case here, and uh, I'm going to go with Toronto. If if FaZe wins, then all right, we could have a talk because maybe, I, I don't know, like, it it just feels weird to pick against FaZe because like I said earlier in the show, 
I mean, they definitely have the best record in CDL history. I think they finished first at the end of every regular season in <laughs> CDL history. Um, and in qualifiers, they are incredibly, incredibly good. But if they lose this match, um, oh, granted, they, they do play Minnesota. Never mind. I was going to say to lose two matches in a row, but I'm fairly confident they're going to beat Minnesota. But still, to to lose two matches in the qualifiers. That's probably not something that happens to phase all that often. Um, so, but yeah, we both have to go with Toronto at this, at this point in time. Um, last match, Minnesota versus LAT. I mean, <laughs> I know LAT won. I, I understand. Um, I, but they beat Miami and I, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I cannot pick LAT until they beat... If they beat Minnesota, then, okay, like I can pick LAT whenever I feel comfortable again. But it's kind of a rule of thumb that I can't just keep picking a team if they have proven that I shouldn't. This is like the LAG rule of like 2021. Like I can't just keep picking you. But So I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota too. I, I This is another one similar to uh, Seattle LAG where I really... You know, I just don't want to pick either team, but uh, I got to think if, if Minnesota is going to turn things around similar to how they did last set of qualifiers, uh, this is a good one here, you know. Um, could be a situation, though, where potentially they uh, struggle against Atlanta, have low morale heading into this one, but um, I, I think, bottom line, Minnesota has to go 1-1 one one this week in the worst-case scenario. Obviously, they would like to go 2-0. Um, but in a freaky Friday scenario, it, it would definitely be something where I just wouldn't know what to think if Minnesota is able to beat Atlanta on Friday and then lose to, uh, LAT on Sunday. I just, you know, I, at that time, I, at that point, I just throw my hands up and be like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Minnesota here. Not super confident in that one, but we'll, we'll see what they're able to pull off. Uh, what's interesting is these teams haven't met yet this season. This is their first mm. time playing each other. So maybe that that would probably favor LAT, I would imagine. I think anytime like a new it team plays. Watch, yeah. yeah, like I, I I would just imagine like that that always favors like the worst team or the the newer team in this case. Um but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I, I I'm not gonna pick LAT. So gonna go with Minnesota there. Um yeah, I think that about does it. We didn't have a ton of news or any like extracurricular stuff to talk about. Um, you know, it was a solid week of CDL action. Uh, we're getting closer. We're ever so slightly inching toward Major 2. And then I think we are back to the normal schedule for Major 3 qualifiers, which is much better. Like, I, I like just being able to talk about, you know, like... 13 14 matches per week that that seems like a normal thing um and we just haven't had that so far but uh we will eventually get there uh, make sure to subscribe like or follow the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on um spotify apple podcast uh youtube um, we're on all of them uh if you're watching on youtube make sure to give a like um, make sure to subscribe and all of that kind of stuff uh, follow us on twitter at jbink with two k's at pres buyers and the podcast Twitter is at Ego Chow Podcast. Um, next show will be sometime next week, of course. Um, 
one of these days we will figure out a consistent day that we'll do our podcasts on. Um, but for right now, we will just kind of go live when we go live and upload the podcast when we upload the podcast. And that is just how it's going to be for a little bit. But um, we really do appreciate you all for listening and watching. Um, it's it's always incredible to see people like leave a, a comment on the YouTube videos or, um, you know, I had a, like I told until being like whatever a few a month or two ago that someone dm me saying how much they like the episodes which is you know amazing definitely not something that you kind of expect um at any point but um again thank you guys for listening and watching it's been a great uh season so far um and hopefully we'll be you know talking about the major i love the major previews i love major recaps the most that they feel like the most cohesive um but you know we'll eventually be there again um and i'm looking forward to it um so that does it for me bink take it away yeah i think you summed it up pretty nicely so uh thank you guys as always for all the support kind of like he said you'll you'll hear from us when you hear from us and that's when we'll be going live so uh thanks for sticking with us if you're longtime fans and if you're new or returning or anything in between you got any constructive criticism or any positive feedback and negative feedback let us know um always looking for ways we can improve uh the show and and deliver anything you guys are looking for so uh thank you guys as always and remember to send the chat